Hey folks, it's Nick. I just wanted to preface this episode by telling you all that this was actually an episode from like the week of Thanksgiving of 2023. I think I spoke about it very briefly in last week's episode that I had a not long lost episode. I knew it was on my computer, but for whatever reason, I didn't post it. So I'm deciding to post it now. What better way to celebrate Thanksgiving by, you know, releasing this on February 9th? I think it's a great episode. So enjoy and uh, happy Thanksgiving. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and this week we are talking turkey, but uh, maybe not in the way you'd expect. As Ina would say, uh, come with me. Come with me is actually one of my new favorite Ina quotes from doing this podcast. I never realized how much she says it, like with her guests, mainly to her guests. I don't think she would say it to herself, obviously, because there's no one to follow her. But I do like it. I just think it's, I don't know, it tickles me every time she says it. But here we are. It's Thanksgiving week. Um, how's everyone doing? I guess by the time this episode is released, Thanksgiving will most likely be over. Black Friday shopping will commence, and then everyone is in the Christmas spirit officially. Um, I've been in the Christmas spirit for some time now. I, I decorated a little bit this past weekend, but I then I got tired. I was like, oh, God. Because part of it is um, I don't remember where everything goes. Like, I have so many decorations now, which is great. And I thought about, like... I should just take a video of the house and just like save it as a favorite in my phone so every year I can just go and like figure out where I put what. And it's not a big deal. Like I'm not like too anal about where things go, but sometimes things just like, you know, things fit in a certain spot and I'm I'm down for changing some things up, but I I don't know. I got overwhelmed. I wasn't going to put up like the trees or anything, but I just wanted to put up like a couple, you know, Christmas knickknacks and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, Christmas is happening. I'm super excited for Thanksgiving, though. I think, you know, to honor all of those, you know, the half of the world that says, whoa, 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 let's celebrate Thanksgiving first before we head into the holiday season or Christmas season, I guess. But looking forward to it, looking forward to eating some food and relaxing with some family and drinking some wine and having some laughs. And yeah, I mean, this week has kind of been... It's been so gross this week in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's just been so, like, not not a ray of sun in the sky. It really is just, like, rough. It, I just feel, it feels wet and a little bit cold. But not too cold, I guess. I'd rather have snow than rain. I don't know if anyone agrees with me on that, but I, I would definitely rather have snow because rain just sucks. But snow is worse, too, in some ways. But, um, yeah, it's been a nice... A uh, couple of days preparing. I'm making the pies for Thanksgiving. Uh, that's sort of my duty. I don't really go all out. I'm not like reinventing the wheel here. Um, I think, you know, my family expects certain pies and I'm only just making two pumpkin pies and and, and that's it. Um, and I'm just following the recipe on the can. Nothing too fancy. I, don't, I thought about maybe putting some vanilla in it. Can you put vanilla in a pumpkin pie? I might just add it anyway and see what happens. Um, I wanted to also mention too that Starbucks has new uh, like holiday drinks and I'm a big fan of the gingerbread I think it's a gingerbread chai latte I know for uh, 
I almost said Halloween, but I guess like, you know, the, all the pumpkin spice stuff that was coming out, they had a pumpkin spice, an iced pumpkin spice chai tea latte, which was just like peak for me. It, it's so good. And the gingerbread one is really good. I don't know if I like it better, but it really is close. Like it's neck and neck really, but I do think I like the pumpkin one better. I don't know why. Um, I know there's like a, a sugar cookie latte I don't know what it's called but I've yet to try that one so I maybe I'll get that one sometime over the weekend and report back but I don't think we're going to do any Black Friday shopping we never really do much of that anyway but sometimes we've been known to like go out later in the evening and just like see you know after all the rush of you know chaos but a lot of people buy stuff online now like I feel like Cyber Monday is just like you know, that's the new Black Friday in a way. And no one gets, you know, trampled on. So I guess it's a win-win. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have. Uh, so let's get into this episode. I, I also have to say this too. I almost covered an episode that I, that I, did, that I did before, which I, I keep like a, like a Google Sheet, which is like a Google's Excel, like version of Excel with all the episodes. And like, I just like tally which ones I have done. So I know not to repeat them. And I, I consulted the sheet, and I guess somehow I missed it. So I was doing this episode. I can't remember what episode it was. It was an episode with, oh, it was the, the croissant bread pudding. And, like, Barbara's, I think it was a different Barbara. Because there's a Barbara in this episode, but I think another Barbara was in, none of this matters. Um, but I I took notes for, like, three minutes or so. And I was like, I feel like I did this one. So this is one I have not done so this is season two, episode 12, and it's called Not Just for Thanksgiving. And to be honest, not really a big Thanksgiving-heavy episode. There's turkey in it, but I feel like there are other Thanksgiving episodes. I'd rather, you know, save them. Save them for next year. Save them for the year after that, because I feel like I'm going to blow through them pretty quick, and I, I need to ration them out a little bit. So here we are. Here we go. Ina begins, she says... Why do we only eat turkey on Thanksgiving and Christmas? If you order an eight-pound bird, it's not really any more difficult than roasting a chicken. I've invited my entire office for dinner tonight. Three incredible women. I'm sure they're expecting takeout pizza. So first, I'm going to roast a turkey with lemon and herb butter. To go with it, I'm making a vegetable tian made with zucchini, tomatoes, and potatoes and some light-as-air thyme popovers. Who wouldn't love that? And to finish it off, a creme brulee with a really creamy custard and crispy caramel topping. Ugh, that was a mouthful. Really creamy custard and crispy caramel topping. That's a, that's a tongue twister there, folks. I want to look this up now because I, I was going to, as I was taking notes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to type in a Google, Google here. What is a tian? I've never really heard of this. Okay. What is a tion? Is any casserole cooked in an earthenware vessel by the by the same name? This is a really weird definition here. Um, it says, but these days it's almost it almost always refers to some kind of layered vegetable dish that's gratined, browned on top. So it kind of looks like ratatouille. Like if you search tion, T-I-A-N, um, that's what we're working with here. So I just had to say that off the bat too because I had not heard of a tion. Which made me think that I didn't, I've never seen this episode either. So I was really thrown off by that. But regardless, so we start in the kitchen. Ina is with this 
turkey and is holding some fresh thyme in her hands. Uh, she puts some butter, some room temp butter, in a small glass dish and then roughly chops up some of that fresh thyme. And I, I think it's important to say this too. This was filmed like in the summertime because they end up eating out in the garden. So it's definitely warm enough for her to just be like traipsing around the garden and just like because she drives later, I think, with like the top down to the to the farmer's market. So um, just, you know, I think those details matter sometimes. Uh, so she combines uh, the butter and the fresh thyme and then she adds a little bit of lemon zest and some salt and then she gives that a big stir. Not a big stir, little stir. And then Ina says, uh, try to get a fresh turkey if you can get it instead of a frozen one. They're really much better. And this one's organic, so that's even great. Or even, even like, the best thing you can get. I forget what she said. But I, I've never even, I mean, granted, I'm not the one buying a turkey. But, like, I, I don't even know. I guess you'd have to go to some sort of butcher or some, where do you get a fresh turkey? I don't know. It sounds like some bougie thing that you would have to, like, order in advance. And I... I'm not familiar with that, but uh, it's it's always been frozen for me. <laughs> so now Ina sort of preps the, the skin of the turkey by running her fingers underneath it, which is like gross if you think about it too. Like I've done it before with like a chicken. I've roasted a couple chickens in my day and um, it does really like feel weird on your skin or like on your hand too. So once the skin is sort of like primed, I guess, she takes a spoonful of that herb butter and puts it under the skin and sort of just like smooths it all out. And then she takes the remaining butter to rub it all over the outside of the skin. And I think honestly, this is the best way to roast like a chicken or a turkey in this case too. Like it really does make a, a huge difference as far as just sort of that extra layer of flavor and really kind of, oh gosh, like the crispiness of that skin. Butter, butter is awesome. And uh, I was going to say it's the holidays, but in this episode, it's not really the holidays, but in life it is. So why not? So after she um, does all that, she gives her hands a good wash and then she cuts a lemon uh, and onion into quarters and puts it into the, I guess, like the cavity of the bird. I don't know what it's called. It's butt. Um, and then she also throws like half a head of garlic into the bird as well, too. Just chucks it in there. And then she um, she says she, she's going to truss it up. She trusses it up by tying the legs together with some, I guess it's like cooking, I almost said cooking wire. That's not what it is. Cooking string, cooking, I don't know. It, it looks just like regular, I almost said twine. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. But like, we all know what I'm talking about in a way. Uh, it's like that white string. And she just kind of, you know, makes it all sort of tight against the like, the the body of the bird so it doesn't burn that's the purpose of all of this so while that starts to cook it's time for some creme brulee oh by the way she throws that into a roasting pan this is the turkey we're going backwards for a second here puts the turkey into a roasting pan at 350 for about two hours so there we are okay so now it's time for some creme brulee and Ina says, creme brulee is the ultimate guy dessert. Make it and he'll follow you anywhere. But tonight I'm making it for my girlfriends, <laughs> which made me laugh because if you remember, and I think I got this wrong too. I've been meaning to say this on the podcast. There is a, um, I think maybe an Australian based drag queen named Nova. I used to call her Novimpia, but I think that's like the combination of two names. 
I should really do some research and figure it out. But it is, without question, the best Ina Garden parody out there. So she dresses as Ina and just like, I think it's like, oh, it's like, it's beautiful. It's like three minutes long or something like that, maybe even longer. And just really captures every nuance and essence of Ina Garden. And one of the thing, one of the things that like made me laugh so hard, because it's very raunchy and irreverent as well too. But the thing I love the best is like he sort of de-drags and after the video he says like you know I, I you know I used to watch Ina all the time growing up and I really love her so it does come a place from it comes from a place of reverence but it's also like irreverent at the same time too and I think one of my favorite lines without question is um she's like what's my safe word that's easy it's croissant bread pudding and the way she says pudding is the same way that she says girlfriends i'm making it for my girlfriends and i don't know why that's just like if you know you know i guess and i appreciate that like attention to detail like that made me laugh so hard so go watch that ina garden parody novimpia n-o-v-y-m-p-i-a i believe um, it's so good. It, and I watched it probably like 600 times when I found it. I don't know if someone sent it to me or if I found it on my own, but, um, I think someone sent it to me. Maybe one of you listeners. I don't know. Anyway, so she's making it for her girlfriends and, uh, she starts by pouring three cups of heavy cream into a saucepan in order to scald it, but not boil it. And while that's simmering, uh, she puts one egg and then four egg yolks. Wait, how do I get this? Oh yeah, one whole egg and four egg yolks into a standing mixer. And then she turns the mixer on low and pours like half a cup of sugar into it, just kind of slowly pours it in, mixing only until combined. We don't need to like whip this for 10 minutes. And then she pours the scalded milk into the standing mixer with, I have to say minimum spill. I thought it was gonna go everywhere, but I think it was a small enough saucepan where it kind of worked. Um, Again, I'm always, you know, getting on Ina's case that I feel she needs to pour it into a Pyrex or at least have like a, uh, like a saucepan with a spout maybe. But in this case, she did really good. Uh, so she flavors that mixture with some good vanilla and some Grand Marnier, which is orange liqueur. Um, and then she pours it into these individual five ramekins, of course, classic like creme brulee presentation here. Uh, and all those ramekins are nestled in... Uh, in like a roasting pan and then she gets some I think she gets some hot water from the tap to be honest and she makes a uh, a bain-marie or a water bath to kind of just make sure that the cooking is even and I feel like she, I can't remember if she said like she because those ramekins are they're not too tall like I feel like you shouldn't be filling it up like all the way to the rim but maybe like halfway up and then she throws them into the oven, not throws them, <laughs> that'd be very messy. Uh, she, she gently places them on the rack and then slides them into the oven at 300 degrees for 30 to 45 minutes. So now Ina, again, I said this is filmed in like the summer or something. She's in the car with the top down and she's off to get vegetables for the vegetable Tian. And I, I, I don't think I ever knew the name of this farmer's farm stand, I guess, and it's it's called Jim Pikes. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I feel this is the same one that she made Alec Baldwin go to, and like when when in that episode with Mariska Hargitay, um, 
And I, I, I mean, I have to agree with her. I, she says it's the best farm stand in the Hamptons, and the produce does look incredible. Like it looks picture perfect. I was, I was very impressed. So another reason why I feel like this was made in the summer because this, all of this stuff would not be in season. So she picks up some zucchini, um, some tomatoes, and potatoes for the tea on, and she's careful to choose veggies that are all the same diameter because she's gonna you know, kind of layer them up and it would make sense for all of them to kind of be the same thickness and the same diameter as well, too. So she thanks um, a woman named Jan, who's one of the workers at the farm stand, and then she's on her way back home. So now she's back in the kitchen at home and she is sauteing some onions and garlic. And once they are cooked, she pours them into the bottom of a white oval sort of, you know, casserole dish. And then she layers all of the sliced tomato, potatoes, and zucchini all around. Again, if you've seen the movie Ratatouille, if you've ever eaten Ratatouille, it's really beautiful, to be honest. Like, the colors of all these are really fun to look at. And it really does feel like, uh, you know, like a, what am I trying to say here? Like a, like a showstopper. It really does look uh, elevated and elegant. So she layers that all around. She sprinkles some fresh thyme on top of it and then puts a generous amount of salt and pepper and then she drizzles just like a little bit of olive oil on top just so you know it browns nicely and then she cranks up the oven to 375 and then she covers the dish she cooks it covered for 35 to 40 minutes so now she's out in the garden and uh, she says I never feel like I'm ready for a party until I have the table set and honestly I get that I really do feel like that's one of the last she's I think her next line was it's almost like making sure that the dress is ready or something like that or like I never feel like the party because I think those are the last two like maybe not the last two but like if the table is set and like all the, the food is cooked too like getting ready is like always the last thing and most stressful thing like getting yourself ready like finding you know I'm assuming typically I try to like figure out or think about what I'm going to wear the day of but I I just liked that quote um I thought it was worth mentioning so Ina decides to pick some hydrangeas she says I think some hydrangeas would be gorgeous and she shows us where to cut the hydrangea and to be honest I can't remember where it was I feel like there was something about like just above a bud so when you cut above the bud like the new bud will be there for next year or something like that I don't know I don't know flowers but I will say this, speaking of flowers, um, she gives us three little secrets of, or at least for hydrangeas, she tells us to use very hot water when you put it in the um, the, the vase or the vase, um, and I don't know why that is, she didn't explain, but she also said to cut the middle of the stem, just like slice it in half, but like, or like split it in half, if that makes sense, and then she kind of like carves the stem into like almost like the shape of a shiv like like to a point I guess and basically by cutting it in half or just like splitting it up the middle and then also like making it pointy on the bottom um it's it helps the like the hydrangea drink as much water as it can and I've I've seen videos on TikTok too of like hydrangeas are like I don't know how to say this but they really require a lot of water. They respond well to water. So if your hydrangeas are ever like limp or something that you could put them in water, like upside down. I can't remember the video. Um, I don't know. I would just maybe look it up, <laughs> but I was impressed. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Like 
by just pouring water. Like somehow there was water on top of it. I don't know. But uh, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube or TikTok. But uh, so then she's decorating the table. She has these like beautiful yellow napkins that I'm obsessed with. I'm really in my like yellow phase. I just love yellow, like a pale golden yellow. Mm, I just think it's it's a beautiful color. Green is always my number one, though. Let's not get it twisted here. But yellow is also great. Uh, she also has like a white tablecloth. She's keeping it pretty, uh, you know, like low maintenance, I guess. There's not really a lot of pizzazz to this tablecloth, but I'm also fine with that. I like it. And I, I like a nice, plain, clean, sort of classic table myself. So, and like I said before, they're eating out in the garden, which is like also enough scenery. It's like you don't really need something too extravagant, which is maybe her thought process as well. So then Ina dashes back into the kitchen to take the foil off the tion to sprinkle some Gruyere on top of it and then put it back in the oven, which is just like a fabulous idea. Anytime Gruyere is involved, or any cheese for that matter, I'm, I'm always on board. So she also checks on these beautiful creme brulee babies that have come out of the oven. They're perfect, of course. And then she puts them into the fridge to cool. Uh, so now it's time to get the bird out of the oven. Things are moving fast here. This is like the home stretch. And she says that there are a few ways to determine if the turkey is done or not. Everyone kind of has their, you know, I feel like with my family, it's that little red popper thing that comes out of the, <laughs> out of it, which I remember I used to be fascinated with when I was younger. I was like, that's so crazy that that's how we tell if it's done. Um, Ina did not mention that. I'm sure she'd never buy a turkey like that because she gets hers fresh and organic. But for the rest of us, uh, she says that you can also wiggle the leg and see if it moves and I feel like that's the worst option to be honest but she says you can also put a th uh, thermometer in it but it's sometimes you know it gives you different readings depending on where you uh, are putting the thermometer in so Ina's rule and she does this with chicken too is uh, taking a knife and making a small cut between the breast and the leg and if it runs clear then we're good but here's my question and folks maybe I'm just I'm a simple man and I don't know, I don't, maybe this is a silly question, but what other color would it run? You know, it's not like beef or anything like that. Like would it, there, there's no like blood or anything. Like I feel it wouldn't run anything but clear or maybe if it wasn't done, there would be no liquid at all. I don't know because to be honest, like because there are so many herbs and like all the butter and stuff, it wasn't like clear, clear. It was like, you know, it almost looked like a stock. Uh, I don't know why this was bothering me, but if anyone knows, let me know. Uh, for me, I probably just use a thermometer or just trust that like it's been in there for two hours. Like it's done. Let's just call a spade a spade here. So um, where am I? My notes here. Uh, okay. So she put some foil on the turkey, of course, to let it rest. Let your turkey rest, folks. I think that's probably the biggest and easiest thing to remember this Thanksgiving is just like let it rest let all those delicious juices get back into the turkey or else it's gonna be dry ass turkey but um you know up to you and then she also tells us that she's going to serve the tea on at room temperature and I love this idea I love anything that can be served room temp and I have to say for being room temp it still was pretty cheesy towards the end too so but more on that in a minute um she shows us Oh, yeah. So now it's time for some popovers. She's, uh, she like presents her greased popover tin. 
I think she just like puts some butter in it. But it's a very specific type of tin. Or not tin. What am I trying to say? Pan? Cupcake tin? Cup popover tin? I don't know why tin sounds weird, but we're going to go with it. I think I'm right. And then, uh, so if you've seen a popover tin, I feel like you know what it is. But it's just like, you know, a row. But it's like... I don't know. It doesn't matter. This is a podcast. This is not a visual medium here, but <laughs> you can Google it if, if you want. And uh, so anyway, she throws the tin uh, into the oven to preheat for two minutes at 425 degrees. I don't know why that's important. Um, I'm sure there's a science behind it that I'm just not aware of, but she didn't go into it, which is also fine, though. Uh, the popover batter, she tells us, is not far away from pancake batter. It's, it's you know, pretty simple. It's like flour and salt. And then she adds three eggs and one and a half cups of milk. And she mixes that together and adds a few tablespoons of melted butter as well, of course, for good measure. And I feel like at this point, you can really add anything you want. It can be, I feel like it could be basil. I feel like you could do rosemary, but she's choosing thyme. And uh, she adds a couple fresh tablespoons of that, or just one, I think, um, and gives it one final whisk. And then at this point, the popover tins are primed and ready. And Ina tells us not to fill the popover tins more than halfway because who knows what would happen. Um, they would pop over, I guess. So uh, then it, they're off to the oven, of course, for 425 degrees which I feel is like very high to be honest but anything over 400 and I start to worry the house is going to explode <laughs> I have no idea why it just feels like unnatural for me or to me for the oven to be higher than 400 but you know especially for a popover because it's, it's just like pancake batter why and it's for 30 minutes I don't know why I'm so full of questions this week but um that's just where my head is I guess so now it's time to carve up that beautiful turkey. It looks so good. Picture perfect, really. Um, and then we just get a, a like a sort of montage of footage of Ina getting everything together. You know, she's carving up the turkey. She tosses the popovers into a basket that's sort of lined with a dish towel or maybe not a dish towel, but like a nice hand towel. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Um, so the guests have arrived. Barbara Leibeth is in the house. Of course, we know Barbara because she served as Ina's assistant. Maybe still to this day. I don't know. Maybe Barbara has retired, um, but hoping she's still around and in Ina's life. And Ina is serving up the tian and the cheese. Again, I mentioned it earlier. Still so stringy and beautiful. That Gruyere is just... Uh, it always comes correct, as the kids say. Um, so I think one of the women's names is Sinead, and she seemed like she was from the UK, which I thought was cool. I've, I've never seen her before. And the other woman's name is Susanna. And I don't think I've seen her before also, but it's nice that she mentioned everyone's name. Um, she offers everyone a popover. And then Ina asks, uh, when was the last time you ate turkey when it wasn't Thanksgiving? And all the women, of course, are like, never. And then they all laugh. <laughs> and then Susanna asks the, you know, the million dollar question, Ina, what's for dessert? And then Ina stands up and she's like, it's a surprise and you have to make it yourself. Come with me. And then she just like takes her plate into the house. Again, come with me. It makes me laugh. I, it's like, it's just like if paired with a hmm, like come with me. Hmm. Or maybe a hmm would come before that. Like you'd have to make it yourself. Hmm. Come with me. I just love it. It's almost like seductive in a way and flirty. It's so good. 
Um, so now the women uh, are all in the kitchen and Ina presents the creme brulee uh, to them. And she sprinkles a tablespoon of sugar on each of them. And um, I will say this, and I, Keon is a, a hand washing machine. He will remind me to wash my hands all the time. And I wash my hands enough, but like, I don't think about it every once in a while. So what I know, it just like made me think of it as she was doing this. And I don't know if she did wash her hands before this, because she puts the tablespoon of sugar on one of the creme brulees and she takes her like pointer finger and just like moves it all along to the sides just to kind of flatten it out and redistribute it, w- w- redistribute it. And, um, and it, you know, it makes sense, but I was like, Ooh, did you wash your hands? Um, I don't know why I thought of that, but this is all to say she gets out her kitchen torch and brulees the top of each of them. Uh, and, or not each of them actually, because she hands it to Sinead who goes next, followed by Susanna and then finally Barbara. And they're all just like standing around the counter and they all like sort of cheers their creme brulee, like the little, not their spoons, but the actual creme brulee. And then they chow down and it looks great. I I do love creme brulee. It's one of my favorite desserts. I don't order it too often, um, but if it's on the menu, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I always just want more. I could eat like six of them. Like I understand it's like, I feel like the French have it right with like moderation. Like it's just enough and it's very sweet, but like so good at the same time. But I could eat six, like no problem. Um, so, oh, this is so good. We finally got like a, a fun ending here, folks. It's been a while. So the way that this all, go- all goes down is Sinead asks, who's the extra one for? Because she made, I think she made five creme brulees because there's four ladies. And Ina says, it's for Jeffrey if it lasts that long. And Barbara says, you're going to have to hide it. And Ina says, I'm going to have to hide it from myself. And they all just erupt in laughter. And here we go, folks. Cue to later in the day. It's very quiet in the house. The gals, I feel, have left. And Ina is putting the turkey away in the fridge. And she spots the last creme brulee. That's already been brulee as well, too. It's not like she had to brulee, like, you know, put the sugar on. It's already ready to go. And she was like, hmm, the last creme brulee. And then she takes it and she's like, Jeffrey will never know. And I gasped. I couldn't believe it. This is something that I would do with Keon. I, cause I am a, oh my gosh, I'm a sugar maniac. And so is he, but like, I cannot handle my, like, I, I can't, even today I went to Rite Aid to pick up a prescription and I bought us like a king size Twix. Keon doesn't know this. So if you're listening, Keon, sorry. Um, I bought a king size Twix. So there's four Twix, you know, four little sticks in there. And I ate two of them on the way home. And I was like, oh, I'll save the rest for Keon. And I, I came very close to eating the other two because they're just so good. But I did save them for Keon. So don't come for me, folks. I, I do share every once in a while, but I really wanted to eat that Twix. So it's just funny that I, you know, it's the same day that I had that Twix incident that Ina also had a creme brulee accident as well, too. But I don't blame her. Again, I, I've said that I would rather have two two or more at least creme brulees a day um, or at least in one sitting. So this made me laugh. I just I love that she stole it for herself and Jeffrey will never know. And uh, sometimes you just got to you got to take it. You got to take that last creme brulee, folks, and uh, treat yourself. So 
<sighs> what a fun episode. Again, it wasn't very Thanksgiving themed, but it had turkey. And, um, you know, it's a fun change of pace. And we got a fun ending out of it, too. So I'm always down for that. So I think that's all for this episode. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can follow it on Instagram at GoodVanillaPod. And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. And don't forget about the Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash thegoodpatreon, where you can get this episode, the main episode, every Thursday instead of Friday, plus a bonus episode every week as well. Also, I made a group for The Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search The Good Vanilla. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. Or just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic. That also works, too. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kochanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay safe. Happy Thanksgiving. And I'll see you next time.